are listening to Fanholes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? I've made mistakes since I was a boy. I've tried to learn from them, but it isn't always enough. Get out of my house. I'll leave. But first, I'd, I'd like to have a conversation with you. Off the record, of course. You think me or the fan holes will believe anything you have to say, Fisk? Well, I, uh, promise to be honest with you. Whether you choose to believe it is up to you. Let's happen. But hurry it up. I've got a podcast to edit for Avengers Month here. I want to apologize. I thought the days of the Fan Holes podcast, the pop culture podcast made for the fans by the fans being relevant, was past. And for that, I am truly sorry. Okay, fine. But you're a man of conviction, of principle. I admire that. But you recorded an Avengers podcast without talking about swordsmen. You recorded an Avengers podcast without talking about swordsmen! Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Earth's Mightiest Podcast, the Fan Holes Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I'm joined by one of my fellow Mightiest Fan Holes. Why don't you give a shout out? Hey, it's Mike. I'm uh, Mighty. <laughs> yeah. So this marks the end of our Avengers coverage. We were doing a fun... Avengers Month type thing where we were covering different books and everything. And as our final installment in Avengers Month, and we hope you've all gone out and seen Avengers Age of Ultron and enjoyed it, we are going to cover the Marvel Now title, New Avengers. And this is going to be the arc that is known as A Perfect World. Uh, this is, well, I guess the trade technically goes from 18 to 23, but we're kind of covering and, and reviewing and talking about issues 16 to 23, because I think you kind of have to, it, it, 16 and 17 are kind of like the prologue and the, you know, the all new, all Marvel now or whatever it was built at the time where they had all those 
those point one issues, which made it all confusing because you're like, is it a first issue or is it like the sixteenth issue? But um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of supposed to be a new jumping on point for for new readers and all that kind of stuff, and I figured that would be the best place. For us, you know, basically, I was recommending the story, and I know some of the the folks that you know are are coming to the show listening, and then also you know the people that are are doing the podcast with me, like Mike. You know, maybe they're coming to it fresh because this was something I was recommending. Um, so I figured that would be the best place to to start with, and and kind of get the whole story and everything. So this is the way the world ends. To start, it is by Jonathan Hickman, who I guess has, uh, you know, had a, a long and um, uh, I, I think you guys talked about his run on Fantastic Four before on the proper yes. show, haven't you? Yes, we have. Yeah. So, like, he, he worked on Fantastic Four, and then he's been working on now all the Avengers titles, which I think to a lot of us, I don't I don't want to speak for all the different fan halls, but I know, you know, we weren't exactly the biggest fans of, of Brian Michael Bendis and I know that you know we did give uh, some some rave reviews to the Infinity crossover and everything like that. So I mean I know speaking for myself personally, like I welcome our new Avengers Overlord in Jonathan Hickman and yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. the 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 art was um, the art team is different on the books, but. For the, the, I guess what I'm going to refer to as the prologue, uh, this issue 16 and 17, the art was done by Rags Morales, which is kind of appropriate if you look at the, the subject matter, which we're about to get into. And then uh, from, let's see, I think it's like 18 to 21, it's uh, Valerio, uh, <laughs> I guess I want to say it's Valerio Shitty. <laughs> no, Shitty. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I'm not sure. So uh, I guess, she, yeah. So and then uh, and then for the final two issues, it's going to be Kev Walker on the uh, on the art chores. Um, but I guess I'll just do the. Uh, I, I think it's like the the previews slash Amazon synopsis write up, so we know what we're about to sort of get into, and then we can get into the nitty gritty and details and, and kind of what we thought about it and everything. Um, but the synopsis goes as follows. In all of creation, only one Earth has met and triumphed over each incursion that has threatened it. The Earth of the heroes of the Great Society. And guess which Earth is on a collision course with ours? Now, the new Avengers must take on the combined power of the Great Society. And only a single, parallel Earth can survive. But how far is Doctor Strange willing to go to protect the Marvel Universe? Which new Avenger will find the strength to press the button that destroys a world? And most importantly, what will come in the aftermath? It's the battle you didn't know you wanted to see until now. So that's the, the kind of dime-sized pitch for this arc of new Avengers. I mean, you know, I, I guess, you know, you got to get into the nitty-gritty of it. I mean, the Great Society for all intents and purposes, is DC Comics Justice League. It's got six different members, and they all kind of have analogs for characters in DC Comics. And, you know, me being a DC fanboy, of course, I'm going to recommend the Avengers story that has the Justice League in it. So that's just how I roll. So, um, 
I guess that's that's me. But I actually, I mean, you know, not not to uh, downplay it or whatever. But I mean, I I really really do enjoy this arc. I mean, there. I guess, you know, there, there's something about, uh, I, I mean, we all joke about it, you know, that, uh, you know, comics is like an addiction. And if, 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 uh, if comics are like your heroine or your smack or whatever, you know, sometimes you get like your batch and it's just kind of average or whatever. And, and you're, you know, you're always trying to chase that first high. That's the, the analogy with it. But I think, I think this is a title that comes pretty much like, close or or for me it does almost recapture that that first high i mean there are moments in this like the whole feel you get on like the last page and and the different things that happen the twists and turns and stuff that just remind me of of kind of the i I don't know how do you explain it like that that chill you get you know when you read something for the first time and and go oh man that's fucking awesome you know that awesome chill i guess is what i'm gonna call it but you know you know i i mean i can think of like tons of of acclaimed comics that i've gotten that with but i mean i think this has the potential to be one of those at least in my mind you know in in my book or whatever it 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 feels like things of like consequence are happening yeah yeah i mean it's very consequential i mean you know you've got i guess you know if if anybody listening hasn't read this and hasn't checked it out or whatever and and you might want to know a little bit more of the background on on what's been going on in the new avengers i mean basically you know, if you're reading a Jonathan Hickman title, I, I, I guess I've heard some podcasts where people are, you know, kind of like, oh, I don't know what's so great about Hickman, but I've gotten a few issues from, you know, the back issue bin on discount. And I'm kind of like, that's really not the way to read his story. I mean, that, that's almost kind of like buying a novel and then going, you know what, I'm going to read like, you know, chapter five tonight. Have you read chapters one through four? No, you know, like that. That's kind of what it's like. It's like I, I think, I think it would behoove people if they were going to do that. Like if you're going to hunt and peck for issues and, and get them at a discount, and and you don't want to spend the full price on it, or, or however you're going to go about it, your trade waiting or whatever. I would, I would read it in order. I mean, you know, I know, I know, I guess, you know, depending on what I had requested of my fellow fanals tonight they're not necessarily having read like one through 15 and they haven't read all the issues of avengers conceivably but i mean i feel like you know this arc is is a pretty complete story in and of itself but i wouldn't ask them to read like issue 21 and then jump to like you know issue 23 or something and then go back to 16 you know like that would be confusing and you know Reasonably so, because you're not you're not reading it in order. You're not you're missing a few issues, and you're not getting like the full picture and stuff. And and I think you know Hickman seems to be writing for the long term, you know. And so you've got all these different incursions that are occurring on the the Marvel universe. And basically, all that means is another universe, another Earth, basically is uh, momentarily uh, coming into the orbit and, and almost vibrational plane. You know, it's very uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which I think is why I was, like, kind of excited about this and excited about the uh, the upcoming Secret Wars crossover and, and kind of why I, you know, recommended this, because this is something that actually, you know, has my juices pumping, where I'm like, this is fucking cool. And, um, and the incursions basically are, you know, it, it's 
either, you know, the Marvel Earth remains or this parallel Earth remains. You know, they kind of have to make a choice. So there's lots of, uh, you know, uh, moral quandaries and questions about how they can deal with these incursions. You know, they've already mind-wiped Captain America, who, you know, was kind of against using lethal force on the incursion planets that have been coming into contact or, or universes, you know, that have been coming into contact with their universe. So there's, there's lots of stuff like that going on. I mean, I, I guess just for anybody who's curious about the parallels, like the, the uh, analogs to the justice league, you know, you've got the great society, which is a representation of the justice league, but then the characters you have are sun God, who is basically analogous with Superman. You've got a character called the writer. He's kind of like an armored Batman type character, basically. Sun God is, is kind of more, I mean, he's, he's a little more century looking, you know, he's kind of got the blonde hair and the, the yellow and blue outfit, but I mean, he's basically a Superman analog. Uh, you've got a character called the Jovian, who is uh, a shapeshifter like Martian Manhunter. You've got a character, Dr. Spectrum, which is kind of similar to the whole Squadron Supreme character, but basically it's Green Lantern, and it's Green Lantern, but it's a female character, so there is kind of gender bending going on there. And then, of course, continuing the gender bending, there's a character called Boundless, and she is a speedster, and she's very much like the Flash of that universe. And then finishing off the... um, the group, we've got the Norn, and the Norn is basically their their mage, their mystic, and he is the Doctor Fate for all intents and purposes of that group and everything. And the reason why I brought up that um, that Rags Morales is very appropriate uh, to be doing the art chores on this title is in in the prologue. Basically, we are uh, following Namor and the Black Panther who are members of the new Avengers, who are basically, I guess, the, the Illuminati group, you know, that have been working behind the scenes to, to protect the Earth, and they kind of do things that are probably, would be viewed by their colleagues as, uh, you know, uh, immoral or, or, you know, bring up certain quandaries, you know, that they wouldn't want to bring to light to to a bunch of other people, but they know they have to sort of, do that so that their society continue to survive and everything. And um, they have this tool, basically this window, where they can sort of scour the different alternate universes and sort of observe from a distance how they deal with the incursions. And in most cases, you know, when they see you know, the incursions, a lot of the universes have no idea it's about to happen and they all die or, you know, the, the villainous characters like the, uh, the, the, uh, map makers or the, the black priests show up and they take out all these universes and there's nothing they can do. And, and so there's a lot of hopelessness in, in looking at all these alternate universes being, you know, slowly destroyed by these incursions and everything. And they're actually looking for a solution. And on one of the universes that they actually find, it's almost like, wait, this one's different, you know? And and to me, it's kind of like, almost like very meta, because it's it's kind of like they found the, the uh, you know, post-crisis, pre-Flashpoint DC universe, you know, before it was, was wiped away, you know? 
it's kind of I I know you mentioned like the Squadron Supreme, and I was kind of like having flashbacks to that, and I was kind of like Sun God kind of reminded me of Hyperion actually. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Hulk, listen to me. I can help you. Maybe find you a place on the special hero squad. You'll be happy there. And then the rest of them are pretty, yeah, if you have any kind of comic knowledge, the rest of them are pretty uh, obvious takeoffs of certain characters. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a few twists here and there, but I mean, for the most part, they're they're pretty pretty clear analogs. I mean, there there is no Wonder Woman analog in this, and, you know, I guess maybe some of your favorite Justice Leaguers, you know, uh, I guess you being the royal you, or our listeners, or whatever, you know, they, they may have other favorite Justice Leaguers. It's not like, you know, you're going to have a, you know, Ice and Fire analog in this, or, you know, you're not going to have a Blue Beetle analog, or, you know, a Firestorm analog, or anything, or a Elongated Man, or Zatanna, or whatever. But, you know, for the most part, the 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 most of the main members except for maybe like Wonder Woman are represented. Um, I guess there's no Aquaman analog either, but um, but I mean you know it's like they they pick the characters they sort of needed to tell the story and and you you kind of get the idea. I mean I guess in some sense because Green Lantern and the Flash have analogs that are gender bended, you know maybe, maybe that is part of the Wonder Woman element. I don't know. You know, like that's I, I didn't really think about it all that much. I just kind of was like, oh, it's you know, it's the Justice League. So I liked I liked how the rider's name was Wayne. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you've got you know, and and then they try to come up with like a I forget what the name was, but it was like some kind of alien sounding Kryptonian name for uh, for Sun God. It was like uh, I don't know something with a Z in it or something like that. I mean, the, I guess the the thing that's novel for for Black Panther and Namor is not only are they kind of acting, I guess, like buddies in in this prologue, but uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's I guess you know that that's part of the long winding narrative that people would need to be on the know, even uh, not having. You know, even if you took this story on its own, all you'd really know is that there was some kind of bad blood between Namor and Black Panther. But, I mean, if you've been reading Marvel Comics for the last couple of years, I mean, you know, Namor in Avengers vs. X-Men basically had the power of the the uh, Phoenix and, and, and flooded all of Wakanda, you know, so there's that bad blood with him. And, you know, meanwhile, the Black Panther, of course, tried to, you know, get all the Atlanteans killed and all that other kind of stuff. So there's all that. There, 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 basically, there's lots of bad blood between those two. But they, they kind of, I, I mean, I don't know, like, like I, I, I enjoyed, like, they're looking for a solution and, and seeing how, basically, you know, the Norn or Dr. Fate you know, pulls a magic whammy and and kind of saves the day, and and that's actually you know something that's novel to them because most of the worlds they observe or you know that they've seen have all died. So in this case, you've actually got a group of people that are good-hearted and they they're trying to uh, you know save their world, and in some cases they've even managed to like displace the incursion so that the world sort of 
you know, I guess goes through and doesn't actually, you know, it goes back in time or somehow, like, so it doesn't actually ever incur in the first place, you know, and it's like, well, you wonder why they couldn't keep trying to do that, but I guess the the explanation is, you know, eventually, like, they're going to fall just from attrition because the variables are always different every time the incursion happens. It's not like it's exactly the same. Sometimes it might involve the map makers. Sometimes it might involve the black priests. And like you said, that character Wayne, who is the writer, who is the Batman analog, like I think he has some line, like he's like, God forbid it's, you know, this guy or that guy, you know, like then what are we going to fucking do? You know, like we're all going to be fucked, you know? So it's like, you know, it's like, you know, basically you could spend all your time, you know, stopping one incursion and it's kind of like playing a video game where, you know, you, you get your life meter all the way down to, uh, you know, a bare, you know, percentage, you know, a 1% or something. And you're like, okay, I stopped that boss battle. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few minutes later, there's another boss battle. It's kind of like that, what do they call it? Like in the fighting games where you uh, you just keep fighting, but you have the same health meter. Like survival. Yeah, mode. like a survival mode. I mean, that's basically what this is on like a on a grand cosmic crisis level, you know, it's like they're all doing a, a survival mode fight with their planet, you know, and it's like, you know, at any given time, your power meter might be crap, but somebody else's power meter comes in and is at full strength. Have you been, have you been keeping up with like, you know, Panther and Namor and all that kind of stuff? Like, cause I, I mean, I, I thought the interaction between them was still pretty funny. I mean, even at the end where, you know, they're, they're kind of like, so, so, you know, Namor obviously finds it interesting that, that the, um, I guess the, the great society was able to, you know, solve the problem in a different way. But then, you know, it, it seems like the, the tables by, by the end of the book, you know, you, you, you see they're observing the future and that they're the great society's universe is actually going to come into conflict with the Marvel universe, which is basically like, you know, Avengers versus the Justice League in some kind of twisted way. You know, it's obviously the the Illuminati version of the Avengers, you know, versus a, a certain version of the Justice League. But then even Panther and Namor, like, they... Even though there's all this bad blood between them, they still share some kind of funny moments where, you know, like he has that line about it's this great line about, you know, basically it's like, you know, a, a, a well-crafted uh, lie is, is better, you know, in, in that sense. You know, and, and then they have this chuckle about he turns to him and says, uh, you know, I, I actually think we might live through this, you know, and then they just kind of laugh for the next couple pages because it's like that is the greatest sort of ridiculous lie that they could actually, you know, express to one another. So, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm not explaining it very well, but but I mean, I, I thought it was a great moment between the two of them and it was it was well written, you know, and, and, and you know, whether I, you know, I guess whether you you know, as a reader, like the character name or, or you kind of have disassociated y- yourself with them because of some of the things he's done as of late or the same thing with, you know, like with myself, I'm not exactly the biggest, I'm not the world's biggest black Panther fan or anything like that, but the, the, the interactions are well-written and I can see where the characters are both coming from, which is, 
which is a good thing, you know, even if, if you're not particularly a fan of one character or the other. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't I don't think, like, maybe aside from, like, Tony Stark, none of these characters are really my favorite characters, but they're all handled extremely well, and yeah. they all, like, interact, like, they. I imagine they would interact, so... It's you know it's not it's not hard to get sucked in. Yeah, I mean th- this was something for me that I just thought was like a, a page turner, and and when I got to the end of the issue, I was like all Jones for the next one because I'm like oh you know I'm like what the hell happens like they're gonna fight and stuff, and you know because they're like looking at the window and they're like this is two hours in the future, and it's like you know basically the new Avengers versus this this alternate you know Great Society slash Justice League cast and everything like that and and by that point we've we switched from rags morales who was you know one of dc's you know premier artists on like a book like you know identity crisis or something so i I, that's why i thought it was kind of super appropriate that he he drew the start you know and i guess you know for for some of the long-term storytelling i mean you've got reed richards in the new avengers or the illuminati giving this speech about how the death of the planet is inevitable, you know, like there, there, I, I guess the, the, you know, the whole thing is, is, you know, they, they give these speeches and they're all different, but they're all the same, you know, they all have that same feeling. And what's interesting is sun God, you know, the Superman analog gives a similar speech, but what's interesting is his speech is all about life. I mean, it's funny cause they're saying the same thing essentially, in certain ways, but there, there's something, um, you know, uplifting, you know, it's very like, uh, you know, old school DC comics, the way that the sun God puts it, because he, he says, you know, it's all about life and that life, even though it eventually ends, it's inevitable that it's going to continue to happen and occur and be beautiful, you know? So there's, there's that nature to those characters, and and you can see why they would sort of fight to to save their universe, but also, you know, it, it seems like there's just that point where they won't kind of get their hands dirty either, you know. So, yeah. And and I they guess could... I mean you know I I've never been a person that that it was a proponent of like, oh yeah, you know, this is right and that's wrong or something. I mean, honestly, like, I, I don't know if it, to me, I guess the reason why I like this story so much is because I, as, as much of a jerk as some people may think, you know, some readers may think Namor is, I mean, I, I kind of feel like I can really ultimately relate to what Namor has to do, you know, in, in the final analysis. And um, just because I don't, necessarily agree with the philosophy of that universe and even though I'm a DC fan and everything it's like I I think to me like when I was reading this all I could think of is man I I don't know if Hickman has like an exclusive Marvel contract or whatever but I mean I would really like to see him try to write some some Justice League stories that don't have anything to do with the Marvel universe I mean maybe maybe all the tension and stuff would be gone because you know this is you know basically two opposing philosophies and that's the conflict and everything. But I think, uh, just given what I read in this, I, I think he would be, you know, just as wonderful on justice league as he would be, as he has been on, uh, the Avengers titles. Yeah, 
I definitely agree. I, I, I did like sort of like Sun God's like proclamation that, you know, like where whereas like the tagline for like the Illuminati for like a while uh, has been like, you know, it's a countdown until everyone dies, you know. And Sun God like kind of proclaims in the beginning of this story arc, like there's no debate here, like everyone lives, you know, like so it's kind of like, you know, we, we don't accept no for an answer. We're yeah. going to fight this and, you know, everything's going to be okay. So Well, and, and even if, and, and I think, see, the, the problem I've always had with declarations like that when somebody like Spider-Man says it is that he means it literally like nobody dies today and then like 40 people die and he's a fucking liar. Like that, that's usually my problem with proclamations like that. But in this case, I don't think he's saying like everybody lives forever. He's just saying everybody has life. Like there's nothing untrue about that. Like it's not like he's making the declaration that nobody will die. He's just saying everybody lives and we're going to keep living until we're not living. And there's nothing false about that. And it's hopeful, but it's not a lie. You know, like, I, I, I think that's, to me, that's, like, the difference between that kind of thing. Because it's not, you know, and I, I hate to harp on, uh, you know, poor Spider-Man, but I, I can't stand that whole, you know, nobody dies. And then, like, 40 people get fucking bullets in their heads or whatever, like, in the next <laughs> panel, you know. And you're just like, you can't say that, you know. like but But I think what Sun God is saying is that, you know, Everybody will live until that bullet hits their head, so you have to make the most of it until that happens, you know, type thing. And if, if yeah. making the most of it means you're going to, you know, fight the good fight and try to prevent the bullet from reaching the person's head, then you do that, like, to the best of your ability, you know, so. It is a kind of, it's kind of like a not very broad examination of like the difference between like Marvel heroes and DC heroes. Yeah, like, yeah. like obviously not all DC heroes are like, have that philosophy and not all Marvel heroes have like the more cynical philosophy, but in a, in a very broad sense, it seems like the con- conflicting like ideologies are going to clash. Yeah. I mean, th- what this reminded me of is, sort of, I know, like, you know, I guess people that try to hit you over the head with things that are not subtle, like, say, like, Jeff Loeb, you know, he'd try to sell you on the idea that if DC's Trinity is, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman, then Marvel's trilogy must be the Sentry and frickin' Moon Knight, and who was it? Like, like, like Ms. Marvel, oh, Ms. Marvel or yeah. something. And you're just like, no, see, like, that... To, to me, like, I always thought of Earth-X. And in Earth-X, I always thought the Marvel Trinity is Reed Richards, Tony Stark, and Captain America. Like, uh, I mean, that was always my perspective, just based on reading that title. And, and in this case, like, you know, it, it's kind of like that cynical thing you talked about where they tried to apply it say in infinite crisis when it's like oh batman and wonder woman and superman aren't getting along and shit's going down you know and in this case you know clearly captain america and tony stark are not getting along because 
he tried to have a mind wipe like Batman, you know, walking in on Sue Didby and on freaking uh, Dr. Light or whatever, you know, like it's basically like a, a similar occurrence, you know, where they violated him, you know, because he wasn't going to go along with the game plan and stuff like that. And, you know, he's kind of pulling his Mr. Cap shit. Language! You know, and, and then there's, there's to me, there's also, like, like a weird meta aspect to the story. Because they even talk about how, the I guess, this, you know, Great Society universe has faced down three previous incursions. And it, to me, it's very meta, because it's like, oh, one of them, they discuss about it, and then they say, okay, well, we survived that one. So I'm like, to me, that's like crisis. And then they talk about something they did for another one. And I'm like, well, that's zero hour. And then they talk about some other one. And then they go, oh, we haven't heard of the third one yet. And then, like, I think the Batman character's like, we don't like to talk about that. It's like the Klingons and the Ridges or some shit. And, like, I think that's like a knock on, like, Flashpoint and, like, New 52 or something. You know, where it's like, that was the <laughs> final one. And they're like, no, no, we don't talk about that one. You know, like, so it's like, yeah. you know, I don't know, like, to me, it felt like there there was some meta aspect to it as well and stuff like that. And then, of course, w- once you get into the, like, the, the midsection of this story, I mean, there is that good old, like, yeah, like, Hulk's fighting Superman, you know, and it's like, yeah, Batman's fighting Black Panther, you know, like, there's there's some of those matches, and of course, I was pleased with all the outcomes, you know, like, like I, I yeah. love I loved when Namor just fucking straight up stabbed the Batman character and shit, and he's like, I'm tired of this bullshit, like, let's stop, because, I mean, honestly, they go there, and they try to do the best intention thing, you know, where they're like, maybe we can fix this, like, maybe we both can come out of this you know, alive and stuff like that, even though it's really an either or proposition, you know, like they basically come there with a bomb to blow up the DC universe, you know, and and the the look on their faces where they're like, you fucking brought a bomb to blow us up, like for reals, like, uh, like that's nothing they would have ever considered, you know, I mean, it's kind of weird, though, because it does have that weird feeling I've always had where it's like, you know, the the whole, you know, my name is Superman and I do not kill vibe. And it's like, okay, you don't kill, but you do push somebody back to the dawn of time and let the Big Bang <laughs> kill them for you, right? Like, that's yep. okay. But actually straight up, like, snapping their neck, then everybody loses their shit about it. You know, like, so it's like, and, and that's always been, to me, a dichotomy where I've always kind of made fun of it. You know, like, where you're like, well, wait, this one thing is okay because it kind of waxes your car, but this is not okay because it got a scratch on it. You know, and you're like, well, wait a minute, the other thing got a scratch on it. Like, you know, like, y- y- it's just not as big of a scratch. You know, like, like, it's just not as obvious. Like, your your dad just didn't notice that one scratch, you know, as opposed to the really big one that looks like a dent in the car, you know, like, or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I was going to say, let's talk about, yeah, like, we've, we've talked about, like, the, the quote-unquote, like, Erzat, like, DC characters. Let's talk about, like, the decisions, like, some of the Marvel characters had to right. make in this yeah, yeah. and how, how these fights kind of shook out, basically. I like how initially it seemed like, you know, the the the, the Illuminati slash the New Avengers kind of got their asses kicked initially, but then Doctor Strange pulled out his, like, Roundo 2, I sold my soul power or whatever. You know, like, and what's funny is, like, I, 
I don't know if, if you guys know me well enough or not. I don't know if Justin would be asking me at this point, like, are you mad that, like, Superman gets pwned? Like, but it's like, I'm not. Because, I mean, I I think what happens in these cases are pretty pretty fair. I mean, you know, the the only thing that I would sit there and go, well, maybe the heat vision should have, like, destroyed the beast and, and Reed Richards, but I don't think Sun God was out to kill anybody at that point, you know? So I'm like, yeah. I can let that slide, you know, whereas Namor, like, was probably trying to kill the Batman character, and he, it just didn't finish him off, because, you know, I guess because he's Batman Erzots or whatever, you know, like that thing. But, you know, it's like, to me, I mean, you know, I can't be more pleased than Punch when Sun God fucking lays out the fucking Hulk and he turns back into Banner. You know, like, that's, to me, yeah. like, how it fucking would go. Do you think that was a homage to Dark Knight Rises? Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Returns when uh, Strange, like, absorbed all of Sun God's power and he kind of went all, like, emaciated and, like... Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that one panel, I wrote it down, actually. It's... It's issue 21, page 10. Like, that thing where he's got, like, the little... It's just like when when the the lightning bolt goes through um, Superman, when, when they do the, you know, it's like... Yeah, because the, the I immediately thought of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, image. immediately, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought of that. I, I guess in terms of Doctor Strange, like... I mean, to me, it's like, I think it's fair. Like, if, if something's going to take down the Justice League, like, okay, so it was a Cthulhu monster, right? Like, and, and it was like he sold his damn soul, whatever was left of it, I guess. And, and like, that, to me, is like, okay, well, you know what? Like, Superman, you know, or Sun God, you know, whatever you want to call him, right? Like, he's always had that vulnerability to magic, like, you know, as far as I can remember back, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't, I, I'm not going to get butthurt over, you know, him pulling out the Cthulhu magic card, because I'm pretty sure that would present a big problem for them, especially if they didn't see it coming, and they totally didn't, you know? Yeah. Like, like nobody, I like, even even his own teammates are like, what, I didn't know fucking Steven was going to do that. Like, Tony Stark, yeah. Tony Stark's like fucking shitting his pants and everything, you know? yeah. Speak, I like speaking how, of that, like, were you were you were you butthurt when the 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 Flash analog like just undressed Tony Stark out of his arm? Yeah, I was kind of like, wow, Tony, like, <laughs> man, like you couldn't even put up a fight, like that dumbass look on his face when he's getting like totally <laughs> like. I was like, man, like, but I guess he was. It seemed like he was kind of overwhelmed at that point. Oh yeah, I, like, yeah. They had like that readout on his like his like uh, heads up display where it's like you know Hulk versus like Sun God like it's like Hulk disabled like you know so and so versus so and so this person yeah. disabled it was like, like stalemate stalemate like, we don't disabled. know where Black Bolt is like yeah. yeah I did like when Doctor Strange like defeated the Norn the Doctor Fate analog and it yeah, turned out yeah. it was like this little like Harry Potter kid like, well you, for, you know what I took it as was I, I, I thought it was supposed to be like the twist was that he wasn't so much Doctor Fate as he was Billy Batson like yeah. kind of you know it was like oh you're just a kid playing at being like a fucking magician you know but but yeah I could see it as like being a Harry Potter thing too the, the way he kind of <laughs> the way he it's not quite as bad as you know calling Constantine a gutter mage, but, but, but there was that sense of like, oh, 
you know, you, you just play with toys and trinkets and shit. Like you don't, you don't know the real price of, of, uh, you know, he said, you're just like a collector or, uh, or, or of these items. Like I'm an, I'm like an artist or, uh, you know, I'm a practitioner of this stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that was, I mean, you know, I, I think all, I, I think a lot, I enjoyed a lot of the takedowns, like, and even though, you know, in the final analysis, it's like, you know, the the DC universe got messed up in this one. It was like I I enjoyed reading the, uh, you know, the the different throwdowns and everything. I mean, there there's some instances where like, you know, obviously like like Black Panther plays a big role in all this. I mean, you know, as much as I dislike like certain aspects of the character or what certain writers have done with the character. Like in this case, like he is one of the characters that for all intents and purposes, at least in this, I mean, it's not, it's not Korvac saga, black Panther where he's losing his shit, trying to push like, you know, girls in front of uh Korvac or whatever and shit like that. Like uh, this, this version of black Panther, like seems to have, you know, held his shit together. And they, they have that interesting notion of that, uh, you know, and I guess we haven't mentioned this character because she's part of like a lot of the subplots, but that you see Maximus from the Inhumans talking to Swan, which is this captured lady that is basically feeding them Intel, the, the new Avengers Illuminati about, you know, all these incursions and different attempts and stuff like that with the, the black priests and the map makers and all that kind of other stuff. But the the point of it is, is that he is describing her as someone who comes to a world and tries to take advantage of their heroes. And what, you know, Maximus is telling her that she doesn't realize is that these, this group of individuals aren't so much heroes as they are Kings. I mean, you've got Black Bolt, he's the king of the Inhumans. You've got Namor, he's the king of Atlantis. You've got Black Panther, he's the king of Wakanda. You know, and then in all intents and purposes, I guess, you know, like, Beast is the king of the mutants, and, uh, you know, Tony Stark is uh, king of the tech people, or, you know, whatever, you know? But um, He's the futurist. Yeah, well, it's hard to be a futurist when you don't see a future, right? That's why he got all disembobbled and got his armor taken away, I suppose. But it's weird because they, they go through all this stuff. I mean, Strange, you know, basically, I don't know, he, he, he violates himself, you know, to to take out this planet. And then and then what's weird is then they, they, they all kind of backpedal, you know, like when, when, when it really hits the fan, you know, most of them are kind of like, oh, he's out of control, like we better stop him, you know? And they don't let him, I mean, he basically takes out everybody but Superman, you know, uh, from from the Justice League. And then, uh, you know, like, they've got this bomb, and Black Bolt, you know, destroys the Green Lantern analog, basically. I mean, he just un- unleashes his, uh, you know, his voice, which is, you know, deafening and... and, and you know, knocks out the Green Lantern analog and then takes the bomb back and so that they can actually use it and it doesn't get destroyed and whatever. And and then, you know, you've got the kind of wizened, like, weakened 
you know, aftermath of a, a nuclear Superman, they're all shriveled up, like begging them not to do it, you know. And and Reed is just there with the facts and figures, kind of going, well, you know, billions versus millions, or you know, whatever, you know, like type thing. And uh, and it looks like they're about to do it, and then when they finally get away, like I guess they all can't, like you know, even it's funny because because it's like it's like you know, Tony's like, I just built it, I don't want to fucking pull the trigger. You know, like, and, and, and they all seem to have that kind of attitude where it's like, uh, I, I, you know, Beast is like, I can't do it. And, and, and I don't know, it, it's funny because it reminds me of like, I, it's weird, like, I, I keep thinking about the Korvac saga because it's like, it's a great Avengers story, but it shows like what weak and frail people they actually are. You know, like, I mean, that's also a difference, like, maybe not so much like cynical versus optimism, but just the fact that, you know, the the DC guys might die, but they're never going to, it's kind of like that Rorschach thing, you know, like, like, he might get blown into a million bits by Dr. Manhattan, but he's never going to abandon his principles, you know, and, and that's what it seems like, they, they, they may die, but, the, but their principles remain intact, whereas these guys, like, they may not get blown up into a bunch of gooey bits or whatever, but their principles are kind of all over the place. You know, they go back and forth and, you know, they don't know what they're doing. And, you know, eventually, you know, it's kind of like everybody loses their stones. I mean, even Black Panther, like, see, that that's the part of it is that, that I hate where it's like that Spider-Man thing where, you know, Spider-Man's like, no one has to die. And then like 40 million people get killed in the you know, ice cream truck mow down or something like that or whatever happens next, you know? And and even Black Panther has this big splash page panel where he's like, I will press the button. And then he has all this uh, inner monologue with his kings, you know, his deceased kings, and even the kings all disown him because they're like, you fucking are such a puss and you didn't you didn't do it, you know? Like, so they're like, we disown you and shit. Like his his ghost king father, you know? And uh, and then the only person who who kind of knew from the beginning what had to happen was uh, was Namor, and he might be a jerk or whatever, but he knew what had to be done, and he did it, you know. And uh, I um I don't know. I I mean uh, the, the way those those arcs end and and the way they're structured and everything. I mean I I love all those last page panels of, of stuff like that, you know, where it's like you're like holy shit, and then what happens? You know, so I mean, I I really enjoyed it. The only other thing that I can uh, point to, I mean, I I know there's a few sort of uh, epilogue issues. You know, the whole you know the new Avengers team thinks that the incursion is going to take place because by that point, like you know, they've destroyed the the you know the faux DC world and they can't really live with themselves after having done that per se. Even though it was Namor, I mean the. The, the confrontation between Namor and Black Panther, like, the verbal confrontation is pretty epic. Like, I, I love, because it's like, I, I kind of love, like, I mean, I know I'm a jerk, but I don't really like Black Panther that much. So I, I, I kind of got off on, on the whole one-up that, that he gave to, to T'Challa, because T'Challa has this kind of, you know, I've granted you mercy. Like every, every minute you've been left alive is because I granted you mercy. And I kind of liked how he's like, Oh yeah. You know, by the way, like I, 
told Thanos that the Infinity Gems were in Wakanda. So anybody who's still left alive in your stupid little dumb town, like country, is because I granted them mercy, you know? <laughs> and it's like, fuck you very much, you know? And then that's when, like, fucking Black Panther, like, loses his shit, and it's just like, I'm gonna fucking kill you! You know, and stuff. But, I mean, it's just like, that. That I guess that's kind of, you know, what we were talking about before. Like, it's not so much that it's cynical, but, but it's like, they're... they're it's that element of they're real and visceral and flawed and just messed up people. Like that, that's kind of what I always took away from the Avengers was like, you know, especially with the Korvac saga and, and in this, it's very much reflected is that they're, they're a bunch of messed up individuals, like, like really yeah. messed up. Like whereas, it makes, it makes, you know, it makes for good reading. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, you're you're definitely engrossed and engaged, and 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 you you, you just want to see these guys go at it with each other, you know, because you know they they have all this anger and 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 aggression, and it's just boiling up to the surface and everything. I mean, I I enjoyed the hell out of that, and then you know the the when the incursion comes, or at least you know the timer runs out and everything, and then nothing happens, you know, like that end page, like I love that fucking end page where it's like Namor's now given the fucking speech about everything dies. And then it's fucking Terax and all of Thanos is like generals and lieutenants from infinity and stuff. And Thanos and Swan and fucking, um, uh, Maximus and everything, and it's just like, and then that, like, you know, rise the cabal, and then it's like that pan, and then it's just that one-page shot of them, like, raping and fucking pillaging and shit, and it's just like, man, that's so fucking cool. Like, yeah, it's pretty badass. You know, yeah. like, I mean, that, that that was the most, like, I mean, uh, it was really, like, one of my my favorite, like, new stories that I read of late, you know, that's why I was like, oh, well, if we're going to talk Avengers stuff, I'm like, this was fucking awesome, so, I, I mean, I, I can't talk enough good things about it, I feel like we have to talk about, uh, because of your avatar, like, we have to talk about, you know, old beast talking to young beast, and young beast deciding that his old self is a big fucking douche, like, because he's been sitting here silently judging people or whatever, you know, yeah, the whole time. Yeah, I, I really liked that. I was like, thank you, like, young Beast, like, yeah, finally. It's like, like thank you, you know. for acknowledging that Beast is a douche. Because it's like, he's got all this judgmental bullshit for Cyclops, but then he goes off and does this stuff, which is like about, you know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I agree with Namor. So it doesn't bother me either way. But But in terms of, like... Well, it's like hypocrisy. I mean, like, yeah, it's this hypocrisy. Like, of if life. you were gonna help in a in a like sit on this console that like approved this weapon, you know, that was created, like, and then you're not gonna use you you're gonna like turn your nose up when someone uses it, you know? It's like yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I really did like that epilogue issue showing like how like you know each member like knew like who they figured this was the last day they had on Earth, so they all like spend it in a different way. And, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah like, that was that was like, cool. you know, Reed goes and visits his daughter who who is living in uh Latveria with Doctor Doom at the moment. And I, love, I liked how okay. Doom's like, you know, like why are you visiting us at this hour? You know, in Latveria all children get a good night's sleep. Yeah, that's like, awesome. See, that's like 
I, I don't know what it is, but like that, that right there is Dr. Doom. Like that one line, like, I don't think all the filmmakers in Hollywood and like, I don't, I, or, or whatever, like they've never gotten Doom right. Like whether it's on a cartoon or a TV show or whatever, but like if anybody happens to be listening to this, like that right there is like pure Dr. Doom. Like, and it's just like, it's awesome, but it also makes you do like a double take where you're like, aren't you a bad guy? And it's like, but he's still doomed. Like where he's like, why are you messing with the children's bedtime schedule? This is not how it goes in that area, you know, like, so. <laughs> Why do students like white teachers better than the Fantastic Four? <laughs> it's easier to bring an apple to class than a watermelon. <laughs> Too far. I got you. I, I did like also how, like, Valeria, like, finds, like, the timer and reads, like, glove or whatever, and she, like, notices, like, it's going down. She's like, Dad, what have you done? Like... Yeah. What's going on? Like, why this this reeks of something? You know. Yeah. Well, she's not. She's no dummy. She's Valeria Richards. Yeah. What did you think of like like it like when the timer is counting down? It's like it seems like Tony's gonna like shoot himself in the head with a like repulsor or something. Like, well, know? it's weird. Like, I I think that's his way of winning. Like, because his whole deal was like he. He busts out his finest liquor, he pours it all into shot glasses, but his attitude is, I may not be able to beat this incursion that's going to destroy the universe, but I will beat my own personal demon, which is alcoholism, right? So he, he, he lines all this stuff up to, like, test himself to, like, not drink it. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically yeah. what I got out of it. And then in lieu of actually doing that, you know, it, it seemed like at, at some point he was just going to fucking blow himself away rather than give in to the temptation. Like, that that's yeah. how I read it. Like, I mean, that that's what I thought of it. But I don't know if you had a different interpretation. Or no, yeah, that's, that's, for what that's I, pretty much how, what I, figured, I, how yeah. what I gathered. But yeah, the poor, um, poor. Uh, I was gonna say, poor Black Bolt has to just chill on the moon with Lockjaw, hey man, that's, like, waiting that, for the that's end. That's a way to go. go. Hang out on the moon with your dog. I mean, yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I you know, it's funny. Black Panther got a booty call from Storm for the last, uh, the last days on the planet. And uh, what did Bruce Banner do? He was like just chilling. Yeah, he was just chilling. He got like a six pack, and he was just like chilling out, like in the wilderness or or whatever, like in the desert. And he was like, "This is how I'm gonna get you." Like, and of course, Beast. We've already brought it up, but Beast got told he was a douche on the last day ever, as it should be, because he's a fucking douche. Yeah, I like uh, also how Young Beast like brings up. You know, he kind of says like. How in the world did you think it was fair to us that you brought us into the future only for us to die or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. Do you think, like, some people are kind of, I guess, disturbed that, like, you know, these people, these hero, these quote-unquote heroes would, like, sanction, like, stuff like this? And, like, like, Doctor Strange pretty clearly killed, like, those guys, so, like... Do you think that there should be repercussions? Like, I, I will obviously there already are in motion. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think there already are. I, I think with somebody like Hickman, as long as he continues writing the story, there will be. I mean, you know, but of course, like with a lot of this stuff, it's it's silical and, you know, you, you get in a different writer and the new Doctor Strange movie comes out and everything's hunky-dory again, probably. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but I mean, for this, for this story's purpose, I mean, you know, it, you, you notice at the beginning he's like, oh, I don't know, Wong, you know, and it's like, Stephen, find the good man. Like, I know you're still good. Like, find the good man. And by the end of the story, it's like, Wong, am I a good man? And Wong's like, fuck no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, and, and you're like, well, that's, I mean, to me, like, that's the consequence. I mean, that's his oldest and, I mean, I don't know, you know, it's like his manservant, right? But I'm like, it's his oldest and dearest friend. It'd be like, it'd be like, you know, you, you come in, you know, to the podcast one day and you'd be like, Tony, am I a good man? Justin, am I a good man? You know, Mike, am I a good man? And you guys are like, no. <laughs> you know, and you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah. you know, but I mean, you know, but seriously, like, that's, that's the consequence of that. Like, somebody who you're very close with that you, you know, you, you have interactions with on a daily basis, it's like, but they, they don't see you the way they did anymore. I mean, that, that, that trust or, or, uh, valued opinion is now tarnished, like, forever. You know, well, you know, forever until, you know, the new Doctor Strange movie comes out and there's a new title and everything's hunky-dory, but you know what I mean, right? Like, that's, you know, yeah. for, for the purpose of this story, yes, like, you know. But, you know, I, I guess you could argue, like, with all the time travel shenanigans that are going on with it later, you know, like, uh, you know, at some point you could go, like, well, how much of that did happen or didn't happen, depending on how it's ultimately resolved, you know? Like, that's, yeah, that's what like, I always... Like, according to Hickman's, like, current stuff that takes place in the in the future. Yeah, so, so it's like, it's like there's, there's that kind of aspect to it, because it's like when all said and done you know, what, something eventually is either going to be reset or changed. So, so you're like, does, does that lead into, you know, the secret war? Is that part of what everybody's all aghast about? Like where they're like, hey, they're changing the Marvel universe, man, you know, and stuff, which I'm, I'm not like upset about it. Like I'm actually kind of based on this story. If, if secret wars is, is anything like this, I would be very, you know, excited yeah. and happy to read it, you know? That that's yeah. that's kind of my take on it. Like that that's my excitement for Secret Wars comes from this story. Like like no uh, apologies or exceptions, you know, it's just that's that's why I'm excited about it. And, yeah. and and because I'm a comic nerd and I like seeing all those obscure characters and I liked looking at that one, you know, cover splash page panel and trying to figure out who all those guys were from the different universes. But I mean you know, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, with that. I would say this story is kind of like, like how to, like sort of like be a Mark Millar like shock jock, but do it right and like not like be like subtle about it more or less. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I could take that. I I don't I don't know that I I, I guess I was shocked, but I don't think so. Like I. I don't know how to explain it other than what I had mentioned before. It's those awesome chills, you know, those chills you get when you read yeah. stuff like Alan Moore's Swamp Thing or, you know, when when, when I read that issue of uh, 52 when it was a weekly series and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know the fucking uh, crocodile dude eats fucking Osiris, you know, and you're like, of course he fucking ate Osiris, you know, like he's a fucking crocodile. 
But to me, you know, I'm like sitting there with my dopey, like, oh, it's it's like Shazam, you know, they're all fun, like, yay, you know. But it's like, of course he did, you know. But it's like that thing where you're like, you're just awesomely, you know, chilled or shocked or whatever you want to call it. And it's not like, I I guess I never viewed that as gratuitous in the same way I view like, you know, Joker ripping off his face as gratuitous, you know, yeah. because it seemed to serve a purpose for the story and it 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 was effective and I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how I can delineate the two, but I mean, one is clearly better than the other for me, you know, as a reader, yeah. you know, and, and in this case, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd take, you know, any of these Hickman stories over anything Mark Millar's ever done. I mean, they're, they're entertaining, they're engrossing. I, I, they're page turners. I, I can't wait to, to wrap it up. I mean, you know, admittedly, yes, yeah, you cannot hunt these, in the quarter bin and read like part three and then read like part 15 and then come back and read part one. Yes. You're going to be confused, you know, but, but I mean, other than that, like I can't really level any huge criticisms at it, you know? Yeah. I think uh, like I, I was, I was surprised like in terms of like being like something shocking. Like I, I guess it's that feeling you get where, like, I was reading it, and I was like, it just kept getting, like, the situation just kept deteriorating and deteriorating, and I'm like, like, how far is Hickman going to push this? And then, like, yeah. it finally gets, like, pushed beyond the breaking point. I really enjoyed this story. I'm glad you recommended it. You know, it, this does this does make me, uh, like, excited for Secret Wars. Cool. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, because... I, you know, sometimes I, I, there are certain things that I enjoy and I'm not sure, you know, like, or, or sometimes I don't care enough to pay attention to what the comic community at large thinks. It's just, I like it. So fuck the rest of y'all, but I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you liked it too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, you know, that that was something that I could turn you on to. Cause I mean, I, I really do think of, of, I mean, I, I think in general Hickman stuff has been much well-received, at least by me, you know, ever since Bendis left, you know, but, but this one in particular just really, uh, spoke to me, you know, and, 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 and yeah. had all these great twists and, and kind of pages and, and splashes and, you know, and, and of course, you know me, I mean, I enjoyed the hell out of seeing Sun God kick the shit out of the Hulk and, and all that stuff too. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, so it's just, you know, it's like a cherry on the top of a, uh, ice cream sundae, you know? So. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I mean, I, I guess that kind of wraps up the discussion on the Perfect World arc in the Marvel Now New Avengers book. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to us chat about this, uh, you know, uh, we will, uh, of course, put it down there on the Amazon spindle if you want to check it out. And I guess we will move on to our regularly scheduled segment, What is Awesome in Your World This Week? Um, I'll just do my awesome thing real quick and then we'll go to Mike. Um, but, uh, I, I, well, I guess technically it's not this week, but my, my awesome thing is going to be last weekend. I went to the big wow comic fest for 2015 and it was pretty awesome. I had a lot of different posters and prints and, 
promotional type posters and stuff like that. Um, some of them were from when I was a kid, like the last year I went, and some of them were things that I nabbed on eBay because I knew certain artists were going to show up, and I was like, what is the defining thing that I need that artist to sign, you know? So for, like, Kevin Maguire, it was like the, you know, the Bwahaha Justice League stuff, you know, because that's, like, to me, the defining thing for him, you know, and everything. And then, you know, just for fun, because I wanted to... uh show some Ultraverse love, you know, I had Adam Hughes sign, like, some, some Mantra poster, and uh, Dave Gibbons signed a Hardcase poster, and, you know, basically there's tons of stuff, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you've seen a bunch of them and everything, um, or if you uh, are, uh, you know, on the Bot Talk forums, you know, I posted a bunch of those, or, or the Action Figure Blues forum, like, I posted those in my, my collection on there, too. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, it, it was very fun. I got to do the VIP Swamp Thing package and meet Stephen Bissett and John Totalbin and Rick Veach and everything like that. Lots of interesting stories and stuff. So, but I, I, I don't want to talk about it too much. But, um, but it was very, very awesome to uh, hang out and get all those signatures and everything like that. Um, but how about you, Mike, man? What is awesome in your world this week? I've got two things. Uh, one of them I think you'll agree with. Um, uh, Daredevil is awesome. The awesome. Netflix show, yeah, it was a awesome. Uh, I, I think uh, I think Mike Prime on Bot Talk said uh, I forgot. Like someone asked about Agents of Shield, and he said, "What are you talking about? I was too busy watching Daredevil." Like, <laughs> and, like that's pretty. Like and that, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, you know, it kinda... you know what? You know what? Sorry to interrupt, but you know what would fucking redeem it? Because they've shown the goddamn serum in the file cabinet. If they would just have Kyle McLaughlin fucking hide out, I would forgive all the boring ass shit of Agents of Shield. All, that's all they need to do, and and it'd turn it around for me. But if they never have that motherfucker, yeah, then, then, then yeah, if then, that doesn't happen yeah, by the yeah. end of the season, yeah, then I, I don't know if I'll be tuning in yet. Yeah. Season either, but but yeah, like without saying anything spoilery or anything, Daredevil is awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's 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 easily it, it might be the best like live action Marvel show there has been, and um, I I can't wait to see more. I mean, either the second series of Daredevil or you know anything that's coming up like Iron Fist and Luke Cage and. What's her face? Uh, AKA Bendis's, Jessica, Bendis's, Jessica yeah. Michael Bendis. Yes, exactly. Bendis's fanfic character. So yeah, and then um, the other thing I I'd been I got a couple weeks ago, but I haven't had a chance to talk about it is um, I got the next volume of Udon's like Street Fighter hardcovers oh, cool. like that cool. they've been releasing like, and I guess it it seems like they've only been doing like one a year now. But whatever. I so mean, is this is this for 2014 or is this for 2015? Uh, 2015. Oh, yeah, okay. it came out like a couple a month or two ago. But okay. uh, since like basically they 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 collect three issues worth of material and then a bunch of backup stories and stick them in a hardcover and that's how they do their like new material now basically. Okay. But um, this was like this. I think I talked about the first card cover maybe on a podcast long ago but the, the second like I'm I just wanted to say like the second half of the story like it, it wraps up that the whole arc and like all the problems I might have had with the first like half of the story were resolved in this one so like that's I, w- I was pretty happy about that so and uh you know and they didn't like BS around like where you know you 
you know when you you want to see something and like they actually deliver on that promise like like it, it kind of like how you used to say like you know I was watching that Street Fighter Alpha OVA and like and it they promised never, they never had yeah that Ryu versus Akuma well it never yeah. happened but but in this like it happens like nice. like Ryu goes like all dark and evil Ryu and like he fights Akuma and Akuma's like oh with you I can like uh, I can, uh, he, like, they even do the thing, like, in Ryu, like, final, where he gets, like, the scar on his chest from, like, Akuma punching him there or whatever. And, um, like, Akuma kind of is, like, is, like, uh, oh, with you, like, I can go all out. And he, like, turns into, like, Oni, like, Super Akuma or whatever. And, like, they have it out. And then, then they have to rival Fusion, even, against, uh, Gil who shows up, who is the boss of Street Fighter 3, so it was wow. a pretty okay. epic fight. So, but yeah, but yeah, I, I really like Udon's comics, and uh, like we talked about with Mega Man, it's like, it, it's just, it's it's fan wank that is really well, like, portrayed and fun to read, so. Yeah, no, th- those all sound great, so that that's cool. All right, well, I, I guess that will wrap up our podcasting for this evening. Listeners, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, concerns, you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. We are on Stitcher Radio. You can stream us. Uh, We appreciate all the likes and shares and support we get on all the social medias. So until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek W.C., not on this one, fucking Hulk. Not on this one. <laughs> it's Mike Thunderwing and Beast, you fucking douche. <laughs> douche! Got the total control. Now is there anybody out there? Now watch yourself for you, cause we can't go. What is it really that is in your head? One little life that you had just died. I'm gonna be the one to take it no. finally got your long-awaited judgment. <laughs> you were silently and judged it was, it was by verbal. Yourself. It was verbally judged. By yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, that, that's very cathartic. Thank you, Jonathan Hickman. Thank you. Yes. I like how he was, like, he, he when they're trying to, like, negotiate with those guys, he's like, oh, we've been watching you, and, like, the yeah, flash. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the flash like, oh, is like, that's <laughs> fucking creepy. <laughs> and he tries to explain it. They're like, she gets it, Hank. You're a fucking douche.
<laughs> she's, like, she's like, I don't Reed, know you. Reed, Reed you is seem like, like a big fucking douchebag. <laughs> big like, fucking judgmental douchebag. Wait, no, I'm not a douche. What it is is it's water, and then I put it in the... No, Hank, she gets it. You're a douche.